put your knees in the air. Put your knees in the yes. air. Wait. No, no, no. Yes. Like you're in stirrups. Okay. No, 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 no. But bend your knees. Bend your knees. Bend your knees. You're not very pliable at all. Well, what the chair. fuck? Hold on. There we go. So he comes in, and I'm all spread out. And he's like, "So, how you been doing?" And, he, and he's just like, "Right, no." But he he's even has the camera. No, but he's like, he, "If you could bend, it would be better." Hello, and welcome to the Vice Podcast. I'm Rocco Castoro, and I'm here with Johnny Knoxville, who is a degenerate made good through film, and uh, Jackass presents Bad Grandpa, even though he can't hold his shit together right now. Hi, Johnny. What the fuck happened to your hand? I was shooting a promo as Irving Zisman at a frat house in Arizona, and it was a weird night. Uh, someone dosed me with ecstasy. One of the students was like, here, have a sip of beer. Ah. And I'd had a bunch of sip of beers. I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. No, have a sip, have a sip. I'm like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Have a sip, I'm good. She's like, finally, I took a little sip. She's like, take a bigger sip. I'm like, oh, it was, it was a female. Mm. Did she have an attraction to Irving? Maybe, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. If she'd have just told me, I would have taken a huge sip. Let's back up there. Who, who is Irving Zussman? Uh, the character I play in Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa. He's an 86 year old poon hound. And, um,. Uh, yeah. So Irving is a character that's appeared, he's in the Jackass universe. Yeah, we did him on, first on the TV show Spike, I think worked with Tony Gardner before doing the old man makeup in one of his skate videos. Uh, and, or maybe it was one of his uh, music videos and he, he recommended it. So we did it for the show and we did it in every movie. And Paramount came to us eight years ago and said, why don't you do it, a whole movie with him? And we didn't know how to do it then. But a few years after that, we, we started talking about if we did do it, how would we do it? And we decided uh, it had to have a narrative, like a loose narrative. And we thought a paper moon type narrative would work. Uh, you get a kid at a funeral, then you have to take it across country to a family member. And then in 2011, we wrote for a solid year and then took it to the studio because I don't want to agree to something and not have every, like, all the bits figured out because that's too much pressure and that would drive me nuts. But how was that? How did you write this? Like, because that's a, it's a very interesting movie. It's all shot with hidden cameras for the most part. Mm. Obviously, some scripted elements that are acted. A lot of that's acted, but a lot of times you have strangers, you have marks that are in uh, pranks. How, how did you go about writing this movie? We well, we had the loose we had a loose narrative to begin with, and then we started writing just bits, funny bits we wanted to do in stunts because it's all based on you know, getting reactions from the public. And public pranks are the toughest thing we do because you just have to film, film, and film until you get that right uh, reaction. So like the first two trips in 2012, we got great stuff, but everything wasn't connecting. Like most of the time I didn't know where I was inside the movie, inside a prank. Like, is this at the beginning, middle, or end? And no one had an answer. No one knew where we were inside the movie. Like some, some beats we knew. Like... The biker bar, we knew it was at the end when we handed the kid away, and uh, the funeral was going to be the beginning. But there's a, so many things, we had no clue where they're going. And it's really tough because we were working story into the pranks. And in November, Spike recommended that we go dark and just work on the story and make every th scene connect. And 
it really helped. We really had somewhere to go in December when we went back to Charlotte for three weeks. Uh, and we, we, we continued playing with it the whole movie, the story, and writing different stunts or pranks until the last day, honestly. And, and we left a lot of time in the schedule uh, to start screening the movie. About six months in, we had, five, six months in, we had enough to screen for Friends. And off of that, we saw what was working, and that helped us find direction, too. It was really, uh, I don't know, like an old, uh, you know, 70s experimental film in a lot of ways. <laughs> when you don't know what you're doing, you know, it's an experiment. And that's what I meant was you, you didn't start when you were writing for that first year with, like, a, 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 a traditional screenplay? Oh, fuck no. We had, we, we just wrote a bunch of, we wrote a bunch of bits and we I had a cork board in my office, and they were all uh, uh, tacked. What do you call those things? Pen, push pen? Yeah, whatever, to uh, the board. And we just looked at that all day, and we had a, the, a little bit of a story. But in the beginning, we just wanted it to be, we were just focusing on the funny, honestly. How do you write your pranks? I don't know. It, uh, we just... We, you know, we, we had the grandfather, grandson, and the characters, and we just thought of funny things to do with them. I don't know, it just, it's a little stupid thing. Like, I was sitting there one day, I'm like, oh, well, I know this is kind of out there, but how if I get my dick stuck in a Coke machine? It makes no sense, you know, but we managed to, to uh, figure out a way to get it in the movie, and it's one of those things you think no one's going to fall for, but they do. So a lot of stuff, when we pitch ideas, sometimes they don't make any sense, but people, if you're lucky enough, people will fall for it. It makes sense. There's a hole in the Coke machine. How does someone's dick, dick get stuck in a Coke but machine? Then how did you think of it? Where did you think of that? One I don't day, know. When I don't you were know. 15, you were like, I ought to It sounds, yeah, Coke well, machine. I kind of stopped maturing there, so, yeah, I just thought that would be funny. I, I didn't know how, but... What were people's reactions? When they thought your dick was stuck. Well, in the we've done machine. it long. Oh, or people, do you dick. mean when I threw it out in the room, or when we did it? No, when you did it, actually in situation. People, one hundred percent fell for it. I don't think there's anyone that walked by that didn't think it was going down. Some people walked by and didn't want to deal with it, which you get that a lot, especially with uncomfortable things like someone's gym dog stuck in a soda machine. But it was, and we we shot it. We were shooting something else that day, and, and we had a couple hours before we were moving on to another thing. And a lo- like a lot of days, we're like, what, what, what are we gonna do now? And then someone said, well, we have the Coke machine on the truck. We're not very organized. We're semi-organized. Some days, we're really organized. A lot of days, it's, it's, uh, it's a crapshoot. But just to give people an idea of there was a ton of work, I think you're downplaying it, that went into this movie, because you had to conceptualize that scene. It was the first scene of the movie, which, to clear, clarify the storyline, at least as I understand it, it's, you know, Irving Zisman, his wife dies. He finds out about it. He decides he's going to go on a cross-country road trip. He gets stuck with his grandson. Well, well I, yeah, no, I, my wife dies. I go to a funeral, and I, I get stuck with the kid at the funeral. Yeah. I have to get him across country, and... You have to get him across country. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... But he's kind of open-ended. He's just looking for... He just wants a little poontang. Wherever that is leading. Yeah. Okay. He wants to uh, 
take a trip to the Ponderosa, but uh, the little cock block got in the way. This is beer is delicious. Beer just tastes better advice. Mmm. There's this, um, I don't want to say it's a con man element involved, but you are convincing people of something that's a, kind of a false reality. That's a skill, like that you have to really hone that more for this movie, or were you already equipped with all those things? Um, well, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not a great thing to be proud of, but I'm pretty good at getting people very hot and bothered and to the brink of punching me, and then I can take them down and then take them up. But that's just from doing it for a long time. And, and that's really one of the only skills I have, but, uh, but I make the best use of it possible. And I really had to be careful in this film. Not for me, I don't, I, I, I'm pretty indifferent when it comes to me, but I got an eight-year-old beside me and, I got, and people are getting pissed. I have to really gauge how hot they're getting because sometimes people get a little nuts and I, I got to worry about him. And he's a wild card. He'll come out with random shit out of his mouth and you're like, Jackson, you can't say that. You just can't. You met him. Yeah, I met him. He's he, awesome. He punched me right in the nuts. Yes, yes. he will. Uh, and, <laughs> you, know, the whole, you met the Jackson 5. The Jackson 5. Yes. Where did you find Jackson, who is just a sterling example of a future generation? And I, I did a movie with him <laughs> called Fun Size. Okay. And he was seven. And he comes up to me on the set. He's like, I've seen your movies. I'm like, yeah, they're pretty silly. He's like, by silly, you mean stupid? And he just stayed on me the whole fucking movie, uh, hitting me in the zipper, uh, insulting me. When, I, when my chair would move, his chair would move. So did you call him when you were, like, knew that you wanted to have this Fuck role yeah. in the movie? Did you personally call him and be like, hey, hey I called, you know, I called his dad and mom oh, okay. and said, uh, we're doing this thing. I think he's perfect for it. I knew he's a great actor and he's really cute. The only concern from working with kids before and having them do pranks is sometimes they freeze up around adults doing pranks because adults are going to get angry. And, and for a little kid, that's scary. But uh, not for this little kid. <laughs> We've, we did a, a practice prank with him. Uh, we had him pee his pants in this park in front of... For uh, real? They peed his pants? Full-grown men. No, no, we had a little uh, okay. a I water just wanted gag. to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would. I know he would. But, um, like, when we do pranks, they're always for real. But this was a kind of a test. And to be able to control it and only do it once, we had two people in the office sitting in the park. And they were going to yell at me for not letting him go to the bathroom, and he pisses himself. And we were just seeing how he reacted under pressure. And he doesn't give a shit. I mean, he's, a, he's an assassin. I'm in love. He is just, uh, he's really... Yeah, like, I've never seen a kid like that before. The, with the spirit amount amongst the jackass guys and their connection makes jackass, uh, you know, kind of special. And I think the, the Billy and I, Jackson, we had a similar connection. Like, you want to like hang out with them and you want yeah. them to... So that's where it's kind of like Jackass, but the, the story is just not Jackass. Has anyone called Billy in the press? I haven't, or sorry, Jackson. 
Son of Jackass yet or anything like that? No, no, uh, no. That's a Rip Taylor reference, right? I think. It, from, uh... <laughs> it totally is. I'm surprised no one used it, though. <laughs> no, he, I mean, he is, God, he's, he's really exceptional. That, but it's funny you hit on that because I see that. There is a lineage there of, like, the kid came up to you and said, your shit's stupid, you know, or whatever. Like, yeah. you, you raised him in a way with these things. How do you feel about, about that? Well, I'm trying. Now, I, I mean, his parents are the reason he is the way he is, thank God. <laughs> and his sister is just like him. She's just as fearless and smart and confident. And I'm trying to pay them to have more kids because whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. I wanted to ask you a bit about Irving in particular because, you know, it started as all of you guys on Jackass were kind of mm. being old men. Uh, I guess. Well, we started just with, I think, me doing it, and then I think Spike dressed up as an old man the first time. And and then for the movie, we got all the guys dressed up at the end of the movie. But it was more like, I'm not going to say elderly versions of yourselves, but... It was. Yeah, a, yeah, it, know, there wasn't a character there. It was more just like there were old people doing naughty. We things, just got right? an old man makeup. No right. one actually worked on their character. But you had to make a character out of Irving. I didn't really so. work on. I mean, I did a little when I played the old man. But this is the first time I really yeah. sat down and really worked on the character. And I knew also knew that I had a. We knew we had a eight year old with us and. Irving's uh, horn dog, and I can't say explicit things in front of the kid. So my cousin and I, Roger Allen Wade, uh, worked on a dictionary of terms and words that Irving could use that he could say in front that I could say in front of a kid. That as long as he doesn't know what I'm talking about, it's okay. You know, I, I like to hog wrench that spatuli. What the fuck does that mean? You know, and Billy doesn't know what it means. Do you have that glossary somewhere? Yes. Yes. Jim Dong ham saddle. No, no, Jim no, Dog is uh, something Dogg, that my friend Nick Parker's mom called it a Jim Dog. And I thought that was so funny. That's interesting. And yeah, but no, just like phrases, like different terms for the, uh, you know, boobs, dingle bobbers, and just silly stuff. And that's interesting that you hit on that because it's a family element to the film. Ooh. Because you have to censor yourself. In this theoretical, you know, universe of you and Billy, Irving and Billy. But also, I mean, you have a family now. Um, I believe some of Irving's mannerisms were inspired by your father. Like, Yeah, my father. Uh, there's a lot of words and mannerisms from my old man. My father uh, was a h- huge prankster. He was always fucking with it everybody especially his workers and I grew up just I didn't do a lot of pranks really because he was he was the entertainment you know dad was always uh pulling like making his uh co uh, his his workers uh x-lax milkshakes and Staging gunfights at the Christmas party with blanks. He owned a tire company, and all these guys like Big George, Big Sam, Ass Kicking Robert, uh, Super Dick. Super Dick. Yeah, they called him SD for short. And uh, the tire groover, when your tires get low, they would have a they would get boxcar to regroove tread in them, and then then you know sometimes I get to go over there and black them, re-black them, but. 
his real name was Woodrow Wilson Boxcar Johnson Jr. And he just fucked with him. And his dad wasn't even a senior. Uh, he fucked with him constantly. And such characters. And I didn't realize how special my childhood was until like I got out to L.A. And no one had any like ass-kicking Roberts or, uh, you know, boxcars in their childhood and I was just surrounded by them it was just all it was just normal and uh you would never pull pranks on your dad did you ever pull no pranks on your no dad? absolutely not he he could dish it out not great at taking it yeah. he was the he's the hammer he'd walk in a room and just take it over and uh yeah just really really funny and just really charismatic and so I was just in awe. I mean, I would imagine when your parents or other family members, your friends first saw your, you know, first stuff or whatever it was, Big Brother, et cetera, like they kind of had a reaction of whatever it was. When my sister came out to L.A., it was around 98, and I had just shot the self-defense test thing for Big Brother where I pepper sprayed, taser gun, stun gun, and... Shot myself in the vest with a 38, uh, with a bulletproof vest on. And I was so excited to show my older sister. I was like, she's really going to think this is funny. And I showed her, and she really didn't think it was funny. She was really pissed and hurt and like, why would you do that? And, you know, my, my mom and dad weren't, no one in my family was psyched. Uh, and I understand. I just, I just wasn't thinking, you know, uh, that how they would feel about it. They, might, they, they like the pranks, but they don't like the stunts. When I was visiting on set, you had a prank where you <laughs> were trying to ship him mm. in a box mm. at a, uh, you know, shipping store, I guess. How positive was I on that before we went over there? You thought it was going to be a total tank and just... I was apologizing to you and Brendan. <laughs> Look, guys, I'm sorry you're here for this. I wish you were here for something cool. <laughs> it was so good, though. It yeah, okay. really worked out. We found two perfect marks. <laughs> Let's explain what a mark is first before we get into it. The marks are the people you prank. Um, uh, that's what we call them. So you put him in a box and you want to ship him back to... Raleigh, North Carolina. Well, I'm shipping him to Raleigh, North Carolina where his father is. And it's because, I don't think we've clarified this, the, his mother, your daughter... In the movie, Irving's mm -hmm. daughter, mm -hmm. uh, goes back to jail for Oh, yes, problem? yes, she's in jail again. For? Un unspecified charges, but you know it's shady. Um, I'm guessing drugs. Okay, and so you want to ship the boy to his father. Well, I was going to drive him. Mm -hmm. I was going to drive him, but something bad happened, so now I want to ship him. In the beginning of the story, we, want, we needed Irving and Billy not to get along. Uh, so when they did get along later in the story, it meant something. And the first guy, which is not in the movie, that you... The what? You, the first guy working at the shipping store. He seemed like he was kind of on to it. Is that the problem? Because I was only watching from the mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When I was in there, I went in to do it, and he seemed like he just... He kind of was he, he was... he he was on to it, and so yeah. we can't... That, that didn't work. He's but they, you just ha it happens, like, it's one of those things, you just got to keep doing it. 
He seemed like he would say okay and then call the cops after you left. No, I, no, 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 no. He was just. He, was just he, he I think he got it. He thought he knew it was something okay. shady and. Uh, he, he, so whatever, we just we did it again. The technical aspects of this movie were really like just very impressive in terms of that you're able to get different sets of marks doing takes, if you will, with them. Oh, dude, like when we were doing the, in the office and we would have a set of marks come in and then 40 minutes later we have another set of marks come in. Yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into the... You got to really... Everyone's like, why don't you shoot the movie uh, 60 days in a row? Well, you can't. You have to shoot it two weeks at a time because you have to prep so much. much yeah. So, did you look to any other movies? It's a pretty unique movie in that regard. I feel like because even pe people like you know Sasha Baron Cohen or or Andy Kaufman, it was almost like everyone was reacting to their setup to some regard. I mean, there's there's definitely like degrees of setup, but I feel like in those movies there weren't at least. In the initial Sasha Baron Cohen movies, there were not like other actors involved. Like you guys really went to a length to make it very believable for the marks. Did you have to look to any other like filmmakers for that, or did you all come up with it by yourself? No, we had to figure out that bullshit on our by ourselves. <laughs> it was really a stupid idea for us to do in the first place. Like we're doing a movie that's based on pranks, all on pranks. If we don't get any reactions, we're screwed. We're shooting with an eight-year-old who has limited amount of time. To, that we can work with them. I'm going to be in makeup three hours a day. It was a, thank God it worked out because it, and, and thank God we're not very uh, uh, bright because like, I don't know, <laughs> there was a lot to take on. So you, you've been working with a lot of the same makeup artists, really the same makeup artists the whole time who yeah, make yeah. Irving. Tony Gardner's guys. And this, was this process for the movie more evolved? Was it like they, they really spent more time with it, or was it, has it always been the same? No, it's always taken about three hours, but it, you know, from the TV show, I mean, it looked really good on the TV show, but it was a different type of material they were using. I'm getting ready to burp. Do it. Excuse me. And it was made of some alginate material. I don't even know what that means, but uh, it was a little thicker, and... The, now it's made of silicone, and it looks like skin and reacts like skin, and it's thinner, so it, it just looks so much better. You can be very close to me. If you're really close, what you'll notice is the webbing of my eyebrows or the hair, but the makeup's pretty solid. It's really solid. You'll notice the character. You'll recognize the character before you'll notice the makeup. Those guys are great. And, and solid enough for you to get very close to people on camera and really not notice. No, no, I, I, mean, I get nose to nose with, you know, right in people's faces. And if you, if you keep like verbal judoing people, they're not going to focus on the makeup. On the makeup. You know, they, if you have them dealing with other things. There's something very endearing about Irving because he's kind of like, it's at that point in his life where he's like, I'm, I'm going to die pretty soon. No, Fuck no, no. it. He doesn't know. No, he thinks he's going to live. He thinks he, in his mind, he's 40. And he thinks that he looks like he's still 40. And he thinks he can go out and sleep with women like he wanted to when he was 40. <laughs> um, it's almost like, I feel like you might get in this place where it was almost like an apocalyptic <laughs> setting where you're like, I'm un unfiltered, I'm going to say whatever I want because I'm going to die soon. And he's been Well, he's he doesn't give a fuck. Old people right? don't give yeah. a fuck because they don't have to. That. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. 
And it should be okay for them not to give a fuck, right? Sure. They've done their time. Do whatever they want. Yeah. Irving doesn't wear rubbers. Why should he? What's the point? What's the worst that can happen? Well. Well, there's bad things, but nothing is going to kill him sooner than his, uh, you know, degenerating cells. What about sex with old people? The first porno I, I, no, no, the second porno I ever saw. The first one was The Poonies with Ginger Lynn, and the second one was Ripples and Wrinkles. And it was a 75-year-old woman with a 20-year-old guy. And I remember, like, he was on his back, and she was riding him, and they were shooting her from the back, and there was these big saddlebags hanging down, and she's having a ball. And then there was, like, a 76, 78-year-old guy, uh, you know, slipping some young girl the Butterfinger. Very lovely movie. Where'd you find such a thing? And Out on Chapman Highway. Ah. Yeah, right next to Kmart and Payless Shoes. Okay, so a store. It wasn't like a Jack Shack where you just picked it up. and. No, no, it was a video store. When you were a kid, like, whether you'd be in school or with your friends or something, like, what did you do? Pretty, you know, like there was stuff, but mostly just fights and shit, you know? Fights? South Knoxville, that was the fun. When was the last time you were in Knoxville? When was the last time anyone was in Knoxville? No. No, it's a fair question. It's a fair question. I've been violated a lot. When I broke my uh, pee-pee, I would have to go every few months. He, uh, he'd have to put a camera down the head of my gym dog. And he'd done, he's done it a lot, this guy. Before he got there, the nurse would come in and I'd have to take off my pants and put my ass at the end of the table and, and get up and oh, oh, get up in stirrups with my ass at the end of the table. And, and she was really sweet. It was always really cold in the room. And I was really self-conscious. I mean, when it's cold in the room and you're laying on your back, it looks really small. And it's not that big anyway. But she would numb it. She was really sweet. And... But then the doc would come in, and I'm up in stirrups, all right? And all I have is a little piece of paper over my gym dog, and I'm kind of exposed on the bottom. He comes in, he wants to, and like every doc, he wants to make small talk. And my knees are up like, here, put your knees in the air. Put your knees in the air. No, 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 like you're in stirrups. Okay. No, 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 no. Bend your knees, bend your knees, bend your knees. Yeah, up high, up high. I can't do it. So, he, you're not very pliable at all. Well, what the chair. fuck? Hold on. There we go. So he comes in, and I'm all spread out. And he's like, so, how you been doing? And, he, and he's just like, right, no, but he he's even close. No, but he's like, if you could bend, it would be better. Yeah, like that. So he's like, so, how's things been going? And yada, yada, yada. And, and I'm just sweating. Why did you care that much? Because he's like, up, like, Personal space invader, I got no clothes on. Maybe I'm a little uptight, but it was weird. It was fucking that weird. That was fine, I like that. You're, you need to do yoga or something, man. You're like... Apparently. Fuck. He's not, I mean, right? No. Shit. I had to catheter twice a day for three and a half years, so... Uh, yeah, so that was not great. 
I met your son, whose name is Rocco as well. Yes, yes. Your kid's name is Rocco, so I was like, hmm. My name is Rocco, and people would say, oh, Rocco, 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 when I was a kid. Like, that's your name. But you're, he's, he's Johnny Knoxville's son, mm-hmm. and he's named Rocco. I mm-hmm. just feel like that's, people are going to expect him to, like, just bash hammers into the wall and who knows what. Like, how do you stop that from happening? Well, in hindsight, I wish I had named him Murray from accounting because, like, he is, he's a little excitable. Uh, uh, like, with my girls, I don't have to worry about them. They're smart. Rocco is, uh, he's a little excitable, so I'm going to have to stay on uh, top of him. Yeah. Like, he, oh, he's been in the Murray's room a couple of times already. But you're a daredevil. <laughs> You're, you're evil Knievel, right? Part no, two. no, no. Can we evil talk about your Wikipedia page? Evil I understand that, but I, at the same time, what I'm saying is not many people fucking have, have done shit. It's a, it's a lost art, being a daredevil. Is that, am I wrong? Or is it now just like... If you just look at any videos, there's a lot of people going for it out there. That's what I'm saying, but it's, it's, you're, an, you're an actor as well. You're all these things, but... You are a daredevil in the, a traditional sense. Do you think that is going to happen anymore in 15, 30 years? Like, you know? Like, we didn't invent stupid shit. You know, people will be doing really dumb stuff from here on. And it's just going to get, it's just going to escalate more. And God bless them. You know, it's, I don't know, especially with the internet. The hey, watch this just took was taken to a whole other level with the internet. So you invented YouTube, is what you're saying? <laughs> yes, 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 I invited. Uh, that, yeah, that was, it's funny, because when we started, there was no, there was nothing like that. What are, you, what, are you, what, what are you doing now? What's next? We're working on a couple documentaries. I haven't decided, like, what thing I'm going to do next, but we're doing a, a documentary on Evil Knievel. And then we're doing a, another documentary on this guy, Nick Piantanita. He was a New Jersey truck driver who tried to break Colonel Joseph Kittiger's uh, freefall record. I think Kittiger broke it in. I mean, Kittiger said it. He wasn't trying to set a record. He was just doing research in 1960. From uh, It's a thing that uh, Felix Baumgartner just broke. Are you an extreme sports junkie? <laughs> no. He tried to break it. Uh, four or five years after that, and and it cost him his life, and so we're doing a documentary on that. What do you mean we? What does that mean? Uh, Dick House. Dick House is doing a lot of documentaries now. I don't know a lot. We've done a couple. Are you gonna do another Jackass movie proper? I don't know. Uh, there's no plans to, but there's no plans not to. The Jackass Business Bad Grandpa, we, it kind of opened things up where, like, we found out we could do it, mm-hmm. you know, attach a narrative to something and kind of mix our stuff with uh, a traditional movie. So that, that's, that's exciting. Maybe the cast isn't all in this movie, but the same people who have made it throughout and they have also advised on it. It's a very through and through yeah, jackass no, the, the, movie. Yeah, the yeah. jackass cast isn't in it, but the uh, the crew, we've had the same crew yeah. and the same writers yeah. from the j- jackass. This has been Johnny Knoxville. Uh, 
or Irving, whatever the fuck I should call you at this point. <laughs> He's developed a lot of anger Andy towards Kaufman me during this. Person. Evil Knievel. Randy Kaufman. Rocco, thank you for being on the show today. You did a hell of a job. You're welcome. All right, let, let, come on, hug, hug, hug. Good job, good job. See, huh? See how we wrapped it up?